Viraj. Listen. Viraj. Listen. Are you okay? I'm I'm very well, thank you. I'm very, very well. It took me two hours to get here yeah. in traffic because some lunatics on a motorway decided to break down. And then um, traffic stopped at Potter's Bar and there was a man in a van that decided to get out and stop all the traffic. It was highway police or whatever they're called. And then I just bombed it down the motorway adhering to the speed limit until I got to you. So yeah, it's been an eventful drive. Talked to our, our business partner, Ali, along the way. He told me that he wants to be in this, but he didn't press record, so that's why he's not doing it. Ali, you're fired. That's why you're not Ali, here. Ali, you're not fired. I love you're you. Fired. But you're it's disgusting. just it's, it's a pain in the ass to get here, I know. We need you're, to make something something a little better. Jumeirah Lounge, when are you going to open? Ali, if I ever see you on road, I'm going to rush you. Sorry, that was a personal thing. Is it? Really? How long has this relationship with Ali been going on? Ali slept with my dog and I've never let it down. Didn't your dog die? Exactly. But it wasn't because of Ali. Ali killed my dog. No, no. He did. Don't do not do that to Ali. So Viraj, today are you okay? That's what I want to know. I've been contemplating life a little. It's, uh, it's been tough. Going on an Instagram live tomorrow for the first time. Okay. Never done that before, but right. apparently it's a thing. Yeah. invited to go on instagram live so that'll be fun nice and look at you networking tell me about it i need to network more networking is difficult networking is is difficult you need to you need to get out there you need to get your name out you need to talk to people introduce yourself to people but um sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't and do right me, now it's not happening do me a um an influencer impression now go on do one influencer impression you're better at this. You're a comedian. Everyone's already seen mine. Let's see yours. No, no. Mine is the same as yours. It's based off of yours. Go on, do it then. I want to hear it. Nah, I'm not doing it. it. I'm not doing it. Mm. Like, oh my God, I'm such an influencer. Like, why don't you just no, like... do a British one. Do a British one. <sighs> British one. No, I just do... I like doing the American ones. I can't... My, my British accent is, is not as good as your British accent when it comes to doing, like, influencers and people. Shall Look, I, do I don't want to get cancelled, okay? Shall I do one? Yes. Hi guys. So a lot of you have been asking me, no one asked. A lot of you guys have been asking me where I got this lip shadow from. It's actually a funny story. So I actually got it from this brand. I'm going to link them down below. This ad isn't sponsored because no one will sponsor me. That's the undertone. Mate, that's exactly what you do for our comedy show. Didn't you pay for a sponsored post? Yeah. But it's different when I do it. Why? Because I'm a hypocrite, Viraj. I'm, I'm very, like, twitchy today. I don't know why. Maybe I've just... I've been listening to a Logan Paul episode of Impulsive. Oh, that's good. The second best podcast in the world next to Smoke Sessions on the way up here. We should probably do a retraction, by the way. Why? Because in the last... One of our latest posts, we were discussing whether Jake Paul was evil. No, I um, think Jake... No, no, no. We were discussing if Jake Paul was evil. He's not actually evil. No one is Well, evil. we don't know. No, I think Jake Paul's a stand-up guy, mate. I think he is. I'd love to meet him. Okay. I think he's cool. I think that everything on camera is different to everything off camera, but he plays the game very well. And I've always just, said that. You just said no one is evil. Well, no, no one. Everyone has a little bit of... So know. there's never been a person in human history, Viraj, but, that could be fundamentally considered evil. Define evil for me. I want you to picture about a five foot eight guy with a funny stash. Slick hair. Oh, we talked about Hitler. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's old news now, mate. He's old news. He's old news. He's been there. He's done that. He's uh. Is Donald Trump evil? No. Why not? Because just because he spreads information doesn't make him evil. He plays the game well. He literally incited a riot where people died. He got away with evil. it. 
How's that not make him evil? I don't know. <laughs> oh, until I meet Donald Trump, right? <laughs> okay. We're gonna we're gonna manifest this. Until I meet Donald Trump, he's not evil. If you could meet Donald Trump, what question would you ask him? Why did your dad lend you a small loan of a million dollars? First of all, <laughs> it wasn't a small loan of a million dollars. He left him behind a whole empire. And if you look at how much money he should be worth by now, he's actually significantly underperformed. Yes, but he was president of the United States. Okay, so we've all done stuff. <laughs> That's not stuff. That's something. I could be the president of the United States. Easy. I'm pretty sure you have to be American. You have I'm to be an American I've citizen. Got, I've got a green card. That's bullshit. I've got a green That's card. That's bullshit. Mate, I've got Have you been to America? Yes, yeah, several when? times. Uh, where have you been? I was born in Florida. No, you weren't. I was. You were born in Hampshire or I was, in Hertfordshire, wherever was, the hell we are, in I North was, London. I was born in John Hopkins University where in is Florida. John, where is John Hopkins? It's in Florida. No, it's not. There might be a John Hopkins in Florida, but you're not born in Florida. I'm American. I'm no, Ameri not. Oh my God, you see, the twang comes out every now and then. The twang. Yeah. I'd hate to be American. Why? Nothing wrong with being American. There's some good parts to America. You know what my problem with it is? You know what I'd like? I'd like to sit on my balcony in flipping Utah, in the Rocky Mountains, wherever they are, and just relax. But you know what my problem with Americans is? What? They're too proud about being American. Some Americans That's are. their problem. Some Americans are a bit No, too it's proud. in the Constitution. That was written <sighs> about 100 years ago. Let's leave that behind. It was probably a bad idea then, and it's definitely a bad idea now. No, it wasn't a bad idea. It's my third amendment right to actually say what I want to people, and if I want to shoot somebody, I should be able to shoot somebody. God damn it. That's two different amendments, isn't it? First amendment. Uh, Second amendment is freedom of speech. And oh, who knows? One of the amendments allows you to kill people, and also the amendment is sexist. Why? It only refers to men. So women, <laughs> you can do what you want according to the amendment. Let it be known. Oh, man. I missed you. I haven't seen you for a while. When was the last time I saw you? People are going to start talking about us. People are talking about us. Yeah, like we're in a romantic relationship. We're not. Mussin has a girl. No. Sorry. I, I miss. Mussin has a girlfriend. I misread the signs. Miss. Miss Yeselada, soon to be, in the next couple of years. So we hope. Come on. I want to go to a Turkish wedding. You want to go to a Turkish wedding? Cypriot wedding. Which one are you? Which one do you, do, do you say that you are? American. I'm American. American do you want to watch my transition right now? An American gone. There is a American-funded organization in the Middle East, which a young girl went to, and she became an influencer. What's her name? Shamima Begum. Right, what a girl, want, man! You want to talk about her? Come on. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Her. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Point blank. Should we let Shamima Begum back into the country? Yes or no, and then explain. She's a, U she's a UK citizen, right? She was until they took it away. Should we let her back into the UK? Yes. No. Why not? Because she made her decision. Okay, continue. Nothing more to be said. She made her decision. Right. She chose to go and join. Is it, is it ISIS? She went to join. Yes. She joined I, ISIS. I don't watch the news. I just, I just, I come here and I learn things. Okay. Um. She chose to go and join ISIS. Did she radicalize people? Or she, she chose to go and live that life of a, of a, of a, a wife in Afghanistan, Syria, Syria, Syria. She made that decision. 
right? She should just, she should live with it. So where does she go? And she finds refuge elsewhere. Where? I don't know. But do, do you want someone that could potentially radicalize our youth with the work that you do? Right, so her heritage is from Bangladesh. She doesn't have Bengali citizenship. She's never been there in her life. If she was to go there, she'd get the death penalty. I don't think she should die. Is that, is that a good option? No, I don't think she should die. Right now she's in a refugee camp. Should she stay there for the rest of her life? No. Whose problem is she? She has to be one country's problem. Well, she's the... our problem. Yes, exactly, right. So with that, what do we do? We revoke her citizenship. And then what? For going and joining ISIS. So we forego any responsibility that we have of yes. people who commit crimes across the world. Does that Would that not set a bad precedent? No. So, so one of our citizens... Does an American do that? So Does an American do that? Well, well that's probably not a good precedent, right? <laughs> if, we, if one of our citizens goes abroad, commits a crime, and then we say the rest of the world can deal with it, what kind of precedent does that set for the okay, United I Kingdom? Think on, on a real level, that... On a, real, on a real note, I think that she should be left back into the UK right. and that she should be punished according to okay. UK law yep. on the crimes that she's committed and the actions that she's committed. She's our problem at the end of the day. Like, it's a weird situation to be in because Priti Patel revoked her citizenship. Was she Home Secretary? She revoked it. She made that decision. I think it was a bad decision, but to be perfectly honest, she can reinstate it. She's one of like two people that can. So reinstate it and try her in the UK. Sure. Just don't make it a public trial. Because <laughs> that way things are just going to get out of hand. Is that even possible? I think Do you know how possible. old she was when she ran off? She like 14. 15. 15. Did she get pregnant? She had three kids, all of them died. The question the United Kingdom has to ask itself is can we wash away our hands with someone who was radicalized to join an extremist group? No, you can't. Who was under our systems, under our education system, our healthcare, our social care. Well, isn't it your responsibility as someone that does a PhD in radicalization and Islamophobia when she was 15, to make sure that this doesn't happen? When she was 15, I was 17. Yeah? <laughs> I was busy at the time. Doing what? I was doing my A-levels, leave me alone. Should have thought of it faster. Oh, Should sorry. have been a young genius. I'm sorry. I think it's a bad precedent to set. If someone is radicalized in the UK, which is essentially a failing of our safeguarding protocols in this country, and then when shit hits the fan, we basically say, well, it's someone else's problem. That's a bad precedent state as a country. Why, how, how did she even get there in the first place? She ran off, she fled, she got to Turkey, and then when she got to Turkey, she got to Syria. You need to do a better, better job at your yeah, job. Yeah, we absolutely need to do a better job. No, no, no. You need to do a better job at your job. I'm now. trying. Now. Now. I can't. That's over my head. <laughs> Mate. I mean, if you look at the, the fact that a child can go abroad, based off information she got off the internet, she was groomed and radicalized on the internet, and somehow thought it'd be a good idea to join ISIS as a bride to throw away her entire life, that is a failing of the UK system. Agreed. A massive failing of the UK system. Agreed. And now to say she's just a threat to our country, and that's it, again, it is damning to how we deal with radicalization in this country and how we perceive radicalization in this country. Now, I'm not saying that radicals are washed away with any kind of responsibility for their actions. Of course they're not. 
However, what are we doing to prevent these situations? And the answer is, we're not doing enough. What are we doing to prevent these situations? So, currently in the UK, we have an organisation called Prevent, which targets young Muslims and tries to put protocols in place to prevent them from radicalising. So, in theory, they try and educate them on online radicalisation, how to report extremist activities. However, it's deeply flawed. There's not much evidence that it's effective. And most young Muslims who take this training in school mm -hmm. just end up feeling offended and targeted unfairly by it. What is it in the Quran that states that this is all the actions of radical that radical groups take, radical Islamic groups take, is okay? Sure. So a lot of these countries, a lot of these organizations are trying to push through Sharia law. Sharia law. And their own, an even more extreme version of Sharia law in itself as they believe that that is the way the world should be governed uh -huh. under is Islamic rule, right? However, the issue with that is, even their interpretation of Sharia law in itself is an extreme version of it. Right. And two, most of these people are not inclined to, or ruled, or necessarily governed by religion in itself. They're more governed by power, and they're using religion as a tool to the gain power. political power. It has much more to do than political positioning than it does with religion itself. But isn't Sharia law just outdated now? Yeah, you can argue it is outdated. Of was it it is. Ever, I wouldn't want to live under was, Sharia was law. Was it ever in date? I mean, I'm sure it was a reflection of the times. Just how a lot of the rules that the, the teachings set in religious books are reflections of the time yeah. that they were written in. I would say probably Sharia law to a certain extent is as well. However, most people who are radicalized, they don't actually have a deep knowledge of Islam. They're not experts by any, most of them by any means, not experts on religious scripture. However, religion is almost the excuse, the anchoring point to change someone's worldview, okay. to make them a radical. Okay. It's got much more to do with political issues and losses of personal significance. So the radical process generally goes like this. There's a need, there's a network and the narrative. Understood. It all starts with the need. So a young person, let's take Shemaima Beckham, for example, uh -huh. perhaps doesn't have many friends at school, perhaps quite socially isolated, confused, yep. doesn't really know where she's going. Then she finds a narrative online that kind of pushes the agenda. Now, the reason you're feeling like this is because of the political powers that are in play in the Western world. Right. And that this, you are a victim of the West, well, Westernization, essentially, and the political powers that be. So now she has someone to blame. Then they put them in a network of like-minded people who reinforce those ideas. The need the network narrative is a recipe for radicalization. Why don't they just shut down these networks? Well, it's easier said than done. Because then you, at every single point, you have to close down every kind of radical chat room that there is, identify every person online who is trying to radicalize people, which these social media companies need to do a better job at detecting. And then they move to the dark web or they set up their own chat rooms that are being powered through VPNs and so other kind of options. So do you think Begum, at the age of 14, found a chat room on the dark web? She was groomed. She was groomed. On what? The, the normal web? I'm not sure what social media platform. Probably well, she was, I would like to see I would which social media platform. She was God, probably say it, say it. groomed on a normal social media, a mainstream social media platform, oh, I wanted which you is to damning. Say the name. I wanted you to say the name. Probably, probably one of the big ones. Unfortunately, most likely is one of the big ones. Now, these social media platforms are getting a little bit better at tackling these things, but they're nowhere near where they need to be.
Have you ever thought that it was a good idea? What, to join an extremist group? Yeah. No, never. Have you? No. Okay. It might look like I do, but I haven't. You know, you know, we're on the topic of like Islamophobia and extremism. Have you ever been racially abused because you're Muslim? Oh, yeah, loads of times, man. Especially in primary school. I used to get called the P word all the time. Yeah. People used to call me a Paki. And when this first started happening, I wasn't even aware of what racism was. I was like six years old, right? Uh-huh. So I didn't realize they were being racist. I just thought they were confused. Yeah, so was I. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not Pakistani. I'm from Cyprus. And then they started hurting my feelings. And that's when I started having a better understanding of what racism and prejudice was. Okay. And if you look back at that, a bunch of six, eight-year-olds calling you names like that. Kids aren't born racist. They learned that from one place and one place only. Yep. From their parents. I've experienced it. I think my my biggest one was I got told that I was shit. Like I was I was literal feces, and that hurt my feelings. That hurt my feelings a lot. Did you punch up the guy? No, I wanted to. I wasn't really sure like what that emotion felt like at that time. I didn't understand the emotion, so kind of just cried. Have you ever got go back to your own country? Nah, never. You scared that all the time. Never. I've never had that. It got to the point where but I felt ashamed of being. Th- the funniest thing is, is I'm in my own country. Yeah. I am born, born here. here. I have a British citizenship. And if you're older than the kids who were saying that, you've been in this country longer than them. I'm, but thankfully, I've never had that. I think the weirdest one was I was. It was right after the Manchester bombings. Really? And I was doing something for work. I'd, I'd gone up to London for a training session, come back. And at that point in time, I was in my second year. I was very very ungroomed at that point had a massive beard kind of that really kind of just like i'm in grind mode look and um had a massive black backpack on my on my back and i was on the train home and this lady looked at me locked eyes like an elderly lady stood up and walked to the other side of the carriage and in that moment i felt a whole bunch of things the first thought was wow and the second thought was, I'm going to sit down because my legs are killing me. So thank you. <laughs> I'm not joking. Every cloud, I guess. I'm, I'm not joking. I was there. It was like, it was a packed train. It was the, uh, it was rush hour on the way back to Egan. I was just like, I'm so tired. I wish I had a seat. And this lady just, just opened it up. So uh, yeah, I guess there's a, there's a silver lining. I met this Muslim comedian once and he had this show. He said, whenever I want a seat on the train, I know it's going to be busy. Yeah. I just, I just come with a backpack. <laughs> and suddenly, space clears up for me. Oh man, it's funny. This woman. I'm oblivious to it now, though. I'm on, completely oblivious. On the 9/11 anniversary recently, this woman who works in academia, she tweeted, "After 9/11, yeah. she was a sociology undergrad, and the day after 9/11, a sociology lecturer asked her to leave the room. She's a Muslim woman, so him and the other students can breathe properly." That's horrible. Imagine the feeling. Your sociology lecture. So you'd think a person who'd be more sensitive and clued up to these topics. Was it, was it American-based or UK-based? American-based American in the United States. That's horrible. 9-11 was... was, was it? Where were you when 9-11 happened? Do you remember? I was five. I wouldn't remember. You wouldn't remember? Ooh, no. Like, do you... I asked my mum about this. I was at a birthday party. And I was at a McDonald's birthday party. Okay. And my mum took in us McDonald's. all home. Yeah, my mum found that in McDonald's and she took us all home early because she got freaked out. Yeah, I would. Um, she didn't want anyone. She kind of saw coming that she might be getting some abuse. Uh-huh. So she just took us all home. Absolutely. I mean, Islamophobia in the United States always existed. But after 9 11, it kind of went. Yeah. 
What's interesting is George Bush's approval ratings went up right after 9-11. And that's generally a psychological pattern we see after tragedies. After a uh, national tragedy, the approval rating of uh, the leader at the time generally goes up. Because in times of hardship, people look for a leader. Yeah, but when you think about it, it's the same thing that happens like in families when you're on trips, right? Yeah. Like if something goes wrong and you know, you're like, I don't know, you're like you're lost or anything and you're feeling uncomfortable and you're in a foreign country, you're like, you band together. I got this all the time in India with my parents. You'd, you'd you band together and, and somehow you, you find a pact that works and it's like things things go incredibly smoothly yeah. even if you're fighting it's like this needs to happen and we need to get this done now and someone unofficially take assumes the leadership absolutely. role absolutely after coronavirus at the early stage of coronavirus even happened to Boris Johnson's approval ratings temporarily went up when he got COVID his approval ratings were at an all-time high were they yeah. when he got COVID I guess it humanized him a little bit and the sympathy helped. Very, very. And it was it was wild that obviously he let the country, he let the UK basically do whatever they wanted for the first couple of months. And by action of that, he got it. Which is, I find it's crazy because like you, you hear about all these other presidents and whatever, like they didn't get them to way down, way down the line. But um, Well, in a way, yeah, he was a victim of his own lack policies. Do you remember when he went on the news and he goes, I went to the hospitals and I shook hands with everybody. Yep. He's like, why are you shaking well done, hands? Well done, mate. Oh, I was scared. I was so scared when I got back from India, man. I was eternally grateful to be back, but I was I was so scared at, at what the UK would be like after what I seen. Like in India, it wasn't too bad because you've got this kind of... It wasn't as bad as everyone makes out, but it was bad. Yeah. It was it was bad. Like we were living in a little bubble, but in the UK, it's like your home... Every, Everything is open. Everything that you know is open, and it's like, well, well, I can't do this. Why? So when I got back, I literally I told no one. I was that, scared. That first lockdown was. I hate it when I hear people say, "Oh, I miss the first lockdown." I feel like missing lockdown is a middle class privilege. We talked about this last time. Did we? Yes. Yeah, it's a middle class privilege. But have you not looked at the content I sent you? I did, but I can't remember. Did I say that last time? <laughs> Your short term, yeah, Your short term memories are horrible. It's definitely a middle class privilege. Horrible. I have a terrible memory. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know that. I'm literally like your PA. Yeah. I have to remind you to do things all the damn time. Well, the relationship works, Raj. Yes, it does. It does. It's one-sided completely. Raj just picks up after you. When are you going to hire a PA? One day. Go back, going back to um, the, lock, the first lockdown, I remember feeling guilty for how much I took things for granted when things were open. Because it really made me miss the little things, like going out for a dinner, hanging out with friends. And I made a promise to myself that when... Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. I made a promise to myself that when the lockdown ends, yeah, I will not take things for granted and I will save it every moment. However, I feel like I've probably fallen under... Oh, I the saw. I've seen what you just did here. That was a great transition. That was brilliant. Wait, what did I do? You just you transitioned into gratitude. Oh yeah, I did, didn't I? And uh, you didn't even know. I'm a professional comedian, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I do. We are professional podcasters as well. Well, that's that's the thing. Being grateful for the little things. I had a massive appreciation for that during the first lockdown. And I feel like I'm slipping into not being grateful for the little things again. You got to do it every like gratitude is one of those things. I think I have a hold on it that's different to other people when it comes to friendships because 
I'm not taking away from anyone else here, but when I went on my year abroad and I came back, I spent a lot of time with myself thinking and, and just being by myself and having you and Ali just be the only two people that I've stayed in contact with the whole time made me appreciate the friendships, the strong friendships that I had in the family that I call my family, um, my extended my extended friendship groups that I spent a lot of time with. I really, really appreciate them. I really appreciate the moments that I've had with them, whether it was like just randomly seeing them on a day, going to school with them for, for like almost a decade and like staying up till 12 o'clock at night, like doing revision with them, you know, going to the shisha lounge with you beforehand, meeting, meeting you, meeting Ali, meeting my housemates, just, just those tiny small things. And even the bad stuff, like I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for all of those things. So I appreciate it all and I'm grateful that it all happened. But I wouldn't wish the bad things upon anyone. Yeah. But you have to go through your own ups and downs. But you, you kind of got to like remind yourself every single day, which is why I like journaling. I haven't done it for a while, but it's why I like journaling because it gives you that that moment to sit down and really appreciate the thoughts of the day, the things that you've gone through. And it's a great record. You can look back and just be like, wow, this is incredible. I was such an idiot here. What was I thinking about? But then also look at it and go, oh, we had a great time. You have a um, a privilege that we all have. That we were born into great comfort. That a lot of people around the world are not. And when you watch the news and you see what's happening around the world, and you hear what these kids who are growing up in war zones and poverty are saying, all they want is education. And our parents had to beg us at times to just go get up on time to go to school. I, I think that's twofold. I think. What they need is education, but what they want is not always that. Some of them do, but like in India, you see a lot of poverty. You see a huge amount of poverty, but all they want is a phone. They just want to be able to look at TikTok or Instagram or Facebook because, or watch, watch YouTube predominantly because that's what all of their elders and, and their peers are doing. But they've made me made to feel like they're missing out on this new reality. And why should they miss out on that as well? Oh, wait. But it's not all good. But they don't know that. But they have a right to find out. Yes, they do. They have a right to make their own decisions. They have a right to find out. I what's, your, what's your take on gratitude? Are you are you like are you are? Do you think that throughout your life you've been grateful for the life? No, you've got? no, no. Of course not. How could I have been? It's been far too privileged. At any point, have you sat down and and thought about it? Yeah, I tried. To, I've been thinking about it a lot more recently how I've been taking things for granted. Like even just having a, I've never, put it this way, I go to get water, right? And I'll get frustrated when the water dispenser is a bit slow. It takes 30 seconds as opposed to 15 seconds. And I'm just sitting there tutting and I'm thinking to myself, mate, what are you doing? There's people who walk miles for clean water and you have it on tap. You've never even had to worry about stuff like that. And it's in moments like that, I have to sometimes check myself and think, what am I worried about? I'm worried about a video getting 1,000 views instead of 10,000 views. Woe is me. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We can so easily get sucked up into our worlds and forget how lucky we are. And even to a lesser scale, right? For example, in comedy, for example. When I first started comedy, I would have been ripping someone's hands off to be in the position I am at now in comedy. Yep. And now when I've got into this position, I'm not taking stock of that and I'm just thinking, what's next? 
And of course, you need to look at what's next in life and you want to constantly strive for better things. But there's also a moment where you have to sit down and say, whoa, like this was really not a reality for me a couple of years ago. And I would have ripped someone's hand off for this opportunity. Think about this. Three years ago, well, I've known you for what, two and a half, three years now? Three years ago, was this even on the books? Was this no. even remotely? No, not at all. Well, you, you weren't even taking stand-up that seriously back then? No, I hadn't even started three years ago. You hadn't? No, I started two years ago. There you go. I mean, it's also important to, to not fall into the lull of it all. Yeah. And just get too complacent and just get too, too stuck in your own thoughts like, oh, I'm too privileged. Oh, this has set me back. You are in the position that you are. Use it to your advantage, but yeah. also take stock of the things that you're doing. Absolutely. If you never sit around... and take stock of all the good things that happen to you, one day you're gonna be on your deathbed and you're like, oh, I've never enjoyed my life. Yeah. What's that about? And also when good things happen to you, I think it's important to give back to the people who helped you. Have you ever heard the saying, oh, give that person their flowers? Yeah, I love it. Like I've, when Kobe died, yeah. he's like, give the man his flowers. Well, I think that, that saying should be extended a little bit. Go on. I think you should give someone their flowers and the person who received those flowers should give a rose to every single person who helped them and then leave themselves one rose. Where would my comedy career be without you and Ali, for example? Uh-huh. So someone gives me three flowers. I don't, guess what? I don't have three flowers. I've got one. So I'm giving one to you and I'm giving I one like to that. Ali. I like that. I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna there is no that. such thing as self-made. Everyone gets a helping hand, an opportunity. Everywhere. Take take Ronaldo for instance. Yeah, right. He's he is an incredible athlete, right? But he's not self-made. No, of course he's not. got an incredible work ethic. But had it not been for that, that basically Alex Ferguson picking him up from wherever he was. Yeah, it wouldn't be like that if it wasn't for his mum, all his youth coaches, the coaches that sporting Lisbon, the coaches at Manchester United. His dad, his dad, harnessing that talent. Oh, we have a visitor here. Do we have an extra mic to get him on? I do, I do. We can uh, we can pause this. You sure? You sure, sure? I've got an extra mic. We can make it happen. We have an audience member. This is our fat. <laughs> I felt I feel a little bit weird. We can't we can't say his name because he's actually wanted by the police. FBI, CIA, MI5, MI6. He's actually an international terrorist. It begins with a B. I think it's good for now, bro. Thank it's you. Good. It's all good. Thank you. This is this is interesting. I feel I feel butterflies for the first time in a long time. <laughs> you feel what? I feel butterflies. Butterflies. Yeah. Why? Because you've seen. Yeah, because um, someone's listening. He is very good looking, isn't it? I he feel is. butterflies looking at him. Those as well. eyebrows. Look at that. Strong. What How are you? Yeah. Yes. I'm looking forward to talking to you about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> You know how I know he's a busy guy? How? Look at his earphones. <laughs> People have the earphones that clip on so they can do sports and stuff like that while they're talking to people. Those are people who have their life together. I don't even have cordless earphones. Do you know why? Because I'm a mess. I'm going to buy you cordless earphones. For Thank Christmas. you, Viraj. Shisha me. Bastard. But yeah, there's no such thing as a self-made person. I think anyone who says they're self-made is either an extremely narcissistic individual or has completely missed the whole point of everything they've been doing in their life. Because let's say let's say you wanna be let's say you wanna be a top dog in the finance world, right? <laughs> this guy over here, right? Now the end result 
yeah, it might bring you some joy. Yeah. But when you look back on your whole career, you're not going to be thinking, yeah, I was the CEO of this company. You're going to think, do you remember that time we were at that meeting and we thought shit was about to hit the fan and then we came together and then we sorted out. Those, Those are the nights, moments that you're truly going to appreciate. Those client meetings, that bonus, that you know, lovely bonus. There's nothing more noble than working in finance. Absolutely. Nothing more noble. I think you, I think you, you, you have a great cause. There's great risk involved. Someone has to push those pesky people back into poverty. So, yeah. Someone. <laughs> they keep trying to. They keep trying to <laughs> climb out. <laughs> really and truly, people who work in finance. Who else? Who else is going to fill the bars in the clubs in Shoreditch? Exactly. Who else? <laughs> who else is going to make inappropriate comments to female colleagues? Yeah. Only. <laughs> <laughs> no hands went up. No hands went up. But no, gratitude is a serious thing. I think it. I think it makes your life better. Gratitude. Uh, combine that with journaling. And I'm a, as you know, I'm a massive advocate for meditation and yoga. Yeah. Combine it all together, you've got yourself a, a concoction that can keep you going for the rest of your life, keeps you sane. Yeah. Like today, um, it's my mom's birthday, and I got her candles. And in my in my infinite wisdom, I didn't realize that she had no sense of smell. That's because you're a horrible little man. No, I know you she. You bought a person I, who can't smell candles. She loves. She loves flowers. You are right? She loves. She loves flowers. She loves candles. But it's very difficult in the moment. Like she, she loves candles. Sorry, let me rewind. She loves candles. She adores candles, and she's got everything that she's ever needed. So candles bring her joy. What's next? You're gonna buy someone with no hands a tennis racket at this rate, aren't you? No, I'm buying him a ping pong racket. <laughs> but I was watching her, and I could just see the. In, 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 I'm on the topic of gratitude, but I could see the moment that she was like, I take for granted my smell and taste. Yeah. And I was, I was so happy that I got her candles for that moment to hit her. But at the same time, I was so pissed off that I bought her candles because she can't smell because they smell brilliant. So in conclusion, you are a terrible person. No, in conclusion, I'm a great son. Right, okay. 10 out of 10. 12 out of 10, maybe. Sometimes I, sometimes I fall into my little ruts but she gets me out of them and i'm internally grateful for her for that here's something that happened the other day so i was leaving the house and mum said love you yeah and then as a joke i said love you more and then she said that's impossible and then i thought about it and i was like she's Ooh. definitely right yeah it, she's definitely right. my mum our mums definitely love us way more maybe not his mum our mums definitely love us more than we love them agreed if you have a good mum Man, you can't take that shit for granted, man. You know what? I on on every phone call, I don't I don't say this to a lot of people, but today I am. A lot of people think it's weird, but I know what you're gonna say. After every phone call since I I went on my year abroad and came back, I say I love you, whether it's out loud or in person, yeah. to to the person at the end of the phone call, to the people I'm seeing. Mentally, I say it a lot of the time, so it doesn't weird out people. You used to say it to me all the time, and I nearly deleted your number. No shit. Yeah, I was like, I'm sick of this guy telling me he loves me all the time. But for me, it's closure. For me, it's that I appreciate the conversation we just had. I appreciate our friendship. And if anything happens to you, I've been able to say goodbye. Yeah, but at the same time, you're a vegan, isn't it? So you're a bit emotional. Nah, look, plant-based. Yeah, there's difference. Okay. Yeah. People who eat steaks are not appreciative of things. Do you know why? Steak? Because we're real men, Viraj. We eat steak. Why are you just a wannabe Occasionally Joe Rogan? Occasionally we yell at... Why are you just... You always, we take, you always come back to Joe Rogan. We Palm eat based. steak. Nutrition. We take ivermectin with no advice whatsoever. 
and we lift kettlebells because that's what real men do and occasionally when was the last time you lifted a kettlebell I saw a kettlebell today. Did you? Yeah. Did you lift it? No, God, God forbid. Oh, no, sometimes I use a kettlebell to lean my phone against to film me while they're I good. do some they're, boxing. They're, they're, they're good things to lean against. They are. There's not enough of them in this world. Do you think you'll turn into an arsehole when you become a millionaire? Nope. Really? Nope. I think I will. I, I think you will. I think, I think you will for a moment and then you have friends that will reel you back into place. No, as soon as... As soon as I become a millionaire, I'm never talking to you guys again. No, it's rubbish. God. No, absolutely. I'm just going to get a production company that can do all this for me. You will have a production company. And then company. when you guys say, wait. You will literally own the, be a part owner in no, the production no. company. Well, I'm going to get a bigger one. And then when you guys say, listen, we built this all together. I'm going to be like, show me the contract. I'm going to do what the McDonald's founder did. I am literally going to tie you down to a contract uh, in the next couple of weeks. Just watch. Have you seen the film about the McDonald's founder? I have. I oh, have. what a terrible little man he what was, What a man. great film. Yeah. You know what line about like I like in that film when Go he goes on. to get advice from that other guy, right? Oh, he eventually yeah, I became his CFO, and he goes, "You think you're in the restaurant business? No, you're wrong. You're in, in the real estate, estate business." <laughs> and I was like, "Huh?" It's Damn. like it's, it's like us when we did our comedy show. We're like, we're not in comedy, and you said this afterwards. Like, we're not in comedy. We're in entertainment. Yes, comedy is just a byproduct of that. Yes, we only Listen. need a one a handful of us to be funny, and we got something. This is an advert for one minute smoke we put over a hundred people in the room on a thursday night that was a ticket to the event on a thursday on a thursday not a friday not, not a, saturday, a saturday on a thursday Sunday, on a thursday we did that shit. i'm so happy i can't and wait none for of us one. had a clue what we were doing oh my god <laughs> oh, imagine imagine if we have a live audience for the podcast imagine if, if we have a live audience well, for the podcast I, we have one more, fan more than one more than one fan. so for those of you guys who aren't watching right now well you won't be able to see him anyway but we have our fan who shows up to all of our podcasts he just sits there going please please let me be on the podcast i will never let him on do you know why because he scares people he's a terrible little man He's a big guy. He's like Enough. six foot one. One more word out of you and I'll name drop you and the company you work for. I was, I was, I was, I was going to, I was going to ask him who do you work for? No, he can't, he can't disclose that information. But let's just say it rhymes with McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Gratitude, huh? I like, no, I do. I do enjoy our relationship. I'm grateful for it. I am. One thing. I, wait, hold on, I just I just profess my love for you and you're gonna go oh did you just say you love me yes you're a nice guy thank you you're not bad one day you'll find love I won't yeah and then the person you love will sleep with someone else and you'll high five her and bring her a biscuit in bed babe you look a bit dehydrated oh, you really you, took it out of you. Oh, you you are definitely gonna do that if you haven't already done that wait done what high five someone then bring them a biscuit in bed that's not my vibe you have definitely done that in your life yeah, if they've slept with me. No, so it's, listen. What? Do you bring them a gold medal and say, here you go? Sometimes I'm really grateful. So. <laughs> <laughs> My female, I have this female friend, right? <laughs> I have this female friend. And her ex used to say thank you after sex every single time. And she said she hated it because it made her feel like a prostitute. <laughs> Can we get the female friend on? Please. Oh, we're not that close anymore, but oh, yeah. Lord. Will she know will she know you're talking about her? Oh, someone's about to score a goal. Oh. Oh, oh. Did they kick the goal? No. No. They nearly put the ball in the net. That's football for you. What else did we have on our topic list? 
Speaking of gratitude, right? So he won't mind me talking about this. Go on. So the guy sat behind the camera, me and him have been through a lot in life, right? So basically, at one point in lives, once we finished our degrees, we didn't really know what we were doing in our lives, right? And we were broke as fuck. So what we'd do is we'd have like 20 pounds in the bank at any given time. And we'd just go do some boxing. And then we'd go and spend whatever money we had on food. Most of the time it was a Nando's, yeah? And that was our worldly pleasures, yeah? That was it. That's all we had. Keeping us going, keeping us sane. And at the time, we were really down. But now looking back, we're like, you know what? That was a good time in life. And it just goes to show you, even if you're going through a shit time, you may look back at that time one day and say, do you know what? I learned a lot from that situation and it really wasn't as bad as I thought. You can be grateful for the crap stuff that happens to your life. Agreed. And the only way you'll get to that point is if you own the things that happen to you in your life. Because when something bad happens, you can either accept that you're a victim or you can take ownership of the situation and move forward. Because when you take ownership of the situation, you are now saying, I have control over the things that happen to me and I'm not just going to be a passive passenger. But that's something that has to come from within. That, no, that's yeah, not something to that can be told to you. It no. has to, you have to have that feeling. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm taking control now. You can't watch one motivational video and change your entire life. Well, maybe you can, but it's very no, rare. No, you can watch several motivational yeah. videos, hundreds, thousands. But until you get the feeling that shit has hit the fan and I'm going to take control and today is going to be the day or tomorrow is going to be the day and the day after is going to be the day. Until then, and you realize it's a process, and you realize that it's not going to happen overnight, it's at that point that you start. When you were in the heat of your depression, if you could attribute one thing that got you out of it, what would it be? Give me the shisha. One thing. One thing that got me out of it. Realizing it was nobody else's fault but mine. Realizing that I had put myself in the position because of my own thoughts, my own actions, and that I wasn't listening to me. I was following the societal life script of social media and the friends around me and the people that I wanted to be and what I thought looked cool. And uh, there was there was friends that helped me along the way. There was a there was a girl that I could just talk to that I asked the fucking craziest questions to, and she didn't even realize that I was in depression. And until I told her afterwards, and she was like, "Oh my god, I I had no idea." I'm like, "Do you not realize how loopy I was?" Um, but ultimately, it's, I, I took ownership of my actions. I made it a part of my life. I didn't look back on it and say that was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. It is, but worse things can still come. It's weird because when I met you, you were in the heat of your depression, right? Yep. You were at the height of it. And because we weren't that close, obviously you weren't confiding to, you probably weren't confiding to anyone about it. Nope. At that point, I hadn't told, I I'd thought, only told my parents. I thought you were living on cloud nine. You were telling me about all these future plans. I was like, well, this guy's got it worked out. Yep. When in reality, you were struggling. I, I got so good at telling the lie. I got so good at waking up in the morning, looking at myself in the mirror and going, yeah, you're going to be all right. Yeah, this is all fake. Fuck it. Move on. And forcing myself to smile. Yeah that I got to a point where I actually started noticing other people with that same look. Yeah. Because it takes one to know one. It it's, really, really does. It's People say it's okay to confine them people, but I would add another thing to that. It's okay to confine them to people, but make sure you're confined into the right people. Yeah. Because if someone genuinely doesn't care, they're either gonna give you shit advice, or you're gonna gain absolutely nothing from it. And that person 
doesn't deserve to hear your deepest thoughts. So make sure you confide to the right people who genuinely care about you. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. But you, you might, even if you, even if you do confide in someone that doesn't care, doesn't give a shit about you, it might be a trigger point for you to actually realize that actually, I don't need to confide in anyone. I just need to understand myself and spend some time with myself instead of constantly getting it out, getting it out, getting it out. But you need to reflect on what you're getting out. If you're talking one way, it doesn't work. Someone has to look at you in the eyes and be like, some, sometimes it works, pull yourself together. Sometimes it doesn't. The, the highest prevalence of suicide is amongst young men. And I think the reason that is, is because they don't generally talk about their problems. Whereas women are a lot better at confiding in their friends and coming together to help each other work through their problems. Whereas men, you ask a guy, he's doing terribly. How you doing, mate? And he's just like, yeah, I'm fine. And then we won't want to poke or help them out because we're like, oh, they obviously don't want to talk about it. Yep. Whereas women are more like, no, honestly, like, how are you feeling? And they can have an honest discussion with each other. That's men are very good at that. When, when someone says, yeah, I'm all right, I'm okay. I go, yeah, let me ask you again. How are you doing? Yeah. Should we do it right now? Go on. Don't you ask me. Listen, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, mate. Listen, how are, and, and, and how are you? I'm fine. Are you sure? If you ask me one more time, I'm going to punch you in the face. You see? It's easy as that. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Look, depression is no, no quick fix. There's nothing to it. You live with depression throughout your whole life once you've got it, or you might go through peaks and troughs, but it's a part of your life. You have to accept that. You have to go through it, and you might live with it. You might not, yeah. but you have to, you have to look, about, look back at it and be like, look, that was a low. That was a real, real, real bad low. I made some great friends during that time, however, and now I'm sitting in a podcast, sitting on a podcast, managing my own one, producing comedy shows, got a nine to five. Well, what am I worrying about? The fact that it cost me 30 quid in fuel to get here and it took me two hours. So what? It cost you 30 quid. Yeah, 30 quid. Damn, you should be depressed, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, the whole tank's not, not, not uh, depleted yet, but it'll probably cost me 30 quid if there's traffic home. But you know what? Like you said, during your low points, you had a great time. I had a great time during my depression as well. I went to freaking India and found myself. As cliche as that is. I don't think most people never really truly get over. What, what does it mean to get over heartbreak or a low point in your life? I think a lot of people don't ever completely move on from it. They just learn to channel those feelings into something more positive. Absolutely. That's no one, why when I go on Hinge, and I go on these social media apps or someone says, oh, Viraj, why haven't you got a girlfriend? Or my mum starts joking about arranged marriages, yeah? I feel a little bit dull and feel a little bit sick inside that I haven't found anyone. And then I realise that actually I haven't made it a priority in my life and it's okay. Well, you're 23, right? Yes, yes, who, yes. Who says you need to find someone at 23? You're a baby still. I'm still a baby. He's not. The guy behind the camera is like 46 years old. But Two kids and a mortgage, yeah? yeah. But it's okay, listen, it's okay that you haven't found someone. First of all, what does that even mean, finding someone? Find your soulmate. Do you think your girlfriend is your soulmate? I wouldn't use the word soulmate. What is she then? She's the perfect person to me. At this point in time. That's the caveat I add, because I feel that yeah. when it comes to girlfriends and relationships and partners, there is no one human on earth that can make you feel that way. Because at the end of the day, it is a it is a complex, you know, chemistry of human emotions, and and it's at the end of the day, it's chemistry. It's just yeah. it's just things inside of you popping off. 
I don't it can be it can be induced, can't it? Yeah. I don't like using the word soulmate because I think it's kind of like a Hollywood buzzword. But the relationship I have is amazing because we can say what we want to each other. We have a really strong understanding and bond. And I'm lucky to have found that. But using the word soulmate, I think almost cheapens that. I think I found a life partner. Yep. But I don't like using the word so soulmate. So go on right now, ask her hand in marriage. Viraj, will you marry me? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. Oh shit, sorry. <laughs> I misread the signs. No, stop. Contact stop. HR. Look, I don't I don't want I don't want a fight with Khadija. But yeah. I so, but, but do you sleep with other people as well? No, I do not. What <laughs> what is going on here? Just because you want to sleep with other people. No, I don't want to sleep with other people in a relationship. Sorry, just because you want your wife to sleep with other people. Like, I don't <laughs> want to. Do I don't want, want her to. You don't want her to, but it's okay. It's all right. We always come back to this. Always. How did we go from 9-11 to your we wife always, being we pressed go, by we, another man? We always, always go off on one. Always. It always happens because it's such a weird concept. That's why. So what we've learned is... Regardless of what we can talk about, 9-11, it always gets back to... Viraj's sex life. Viraj's sex life. And Viraj's opinions. Also. Or lack of. Oh, yeah, lack of. Putting out a a, a a a job board, would you like to be my girlfriend? Please let me know. Viraj doesn't <laughs> want a girlfriend. Viraj wants a girlfriend experience. Girlfriend for the day. How yeah, does that... No, yeah. no, no, no. I'd love one. I'd love one. If it, if the opportunity arises... So I'm trying to hook you up? No. And, yeah. What did you say? <laughs> Ignore him, he works for McDonald's. So, here's what we do for you. Oh Lord help. Please we take help. you to Cyprus. Oh no. We find you a nice girl. Doesn't speak English. Perfect. No. So you never have to actually interact. Well, if I went with to India, I could have got it there. Do you think you'll marry a South Asian girl? Do you care? It's my type. Yeah. It's my type. Oh, it's so your it's type. my type on paper. My yeah. but um but it, you know what? No. I know your type to a T now. Yeah, because it's the yeah. same type that you used to have. I don't really have a type. There was my, there was a selection. My of... type, my type is attractive. It's my type. And a good I like, heart. I like girls who make me. When I look at them, I hear this song. Maria, Maria. It reminds me of a West Side Story. Look at us vocalizing. Growing up in Spanish Harlem. Did Khadija make you feel like Oh, that? yeah. I mean, look at her, man. Khadija is like a solid... Can we get her on, please? She's been on your podcast. No, on this. Yeah. Get her on. She wants oh, to be on. Oh, my God. It's going to be so much fun. My girlfriend is a solid 12 out of 10. And I'm a solid 4 out of 10. But that doesn't matter. Do you know why? Why? Because we get along. This whole thing about, oh, they're a good match for each other in terms of looks means nothing right that is a load of nonsense Do you know why because eventually we're all going to be 80 and extremely butters right agreed so what really matters is finding someone who you can actually live with and enjoy their company you know what my dad all that other shit is here today and gone tomorrow gone tomorrow my dad used to say or, or still says he's like when you're looking for a partner in life look at her mum that's very true yeah it's very true and if her mum looks great at the age of whatever her mum is. I was going to go more of a personality route, oh, yeah. but okay. Look, if, you're, if you're going on looks and you still want to be physically attracted to them, if, your mom, if, um, if their mum looks good at whatever, um, whatever age their mum is at, then, then play that into your, your life partner scenario. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny. Interesting. 
<laughs> it's funny. I, I started cracking up when Borderline I actually Borderline incestuous, but <laughs> I get where it's coming from. No, don't, don't, don't think of the incest. You know what the problem with that line of thinking is, right? Shoot. Meeting your girlfriend's dad yeah. is, a, is always an awkward situation. But it's even worse when your girlfriend looks like her mum. Because that means you and her dad have the same type. Oh. oh, I've never thought about it that way. Yep. But do you think her dad is thinking that? No, but listen, your girlfriend's dad is not supposed to like you, right? Initially. Have you, have you met your girlfriend's dad? No, I have not. Do you plan on meeting him at some point? Obviously. Okay. You're not just going to run away? No, I'm not going to run away. Right, be a no, man you, about you it. You can get married right. under Sharia nice law. Nice to meet you, mate. It's a pleasure. <laughs> You can get married under Sharia law. Yeah, I'm not doing that, Raj. <laughs> not particularly religious, let alone Sharia law, mate. Oh, man. It's, today's been a fun one. I hate you so much. Should we wrap it there? How long have we done? We've done an hour. Have we done an hour? It's flown okay. by. Can I do another promo video for one minute's moment? We've got to do two promo videos. You've got to do Blossoms and you've got to do Blossom Lounge. You've got to do here. Um, okay. I'm Come to promo. Blossom Lounge. It's a lovely establishment. If you like good smoke and shisha that lasts for more than two hours effortlessly come to Blossom Lounge it's a good vibe it's reasonably priced and the staff are lovely and they let us do this here and just just for the record we pay for these shishas we do not we do not get them for free but Blossom Lounge if you'd love to give them for free please we'd love that thank you Blossom Lounge also one minute smoke right it's coming to you in October you better be there if you're not I know who you are I will come to your house and I will slide tackle your cat because I don't like cats they really anger me they're weird looking so come to one minute smoke have a good time and if you see me give me a high five give Viraj a high five give Ali a high five and give everyone who's involved with one minute smoke a high five because we work really hard at it and we're really funny people and if you don't laugh you might feel some other type of emotion like disgust but at least you feel something do we have a date I hate you so much Come to the show, or I will put you in a headlock. Thank you. Mersinia Salada, this is Viraj. I don't care if my wife stays with other people, Acharya. And this is the Smoke Session Podcast. Until next time. It's been a pleasure. Stay safe.